What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Level With You show. My name is Wiley Olmstead, and this week I am joined by the Sub-Zero hero himself, Kenny Castro. What's up, everybody? How's it going? The not-so-phantom producer here to talk about phantom producer things this week. We've got Tyler Hadley. I'm a phantom thief. He's a phantom thief now. He's phantom got, thief. He's got doing thiefy things. And we've got Anthony Duart, who's having internet problems, but is currently here and present. Beep or beep bop. And speaking of which, Anthony's been putting up lots of Let's Plays of Persona 5 Strikers. You can check that out on the channel. I think he's three, four, five episodes deep now, so definitely some stuff to uncover there. Tyler's got his Phantom Thief mask on. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's that's pretty much mostly what's been up on the channel this most past week. Uh, of course, we've got Kenny's Yakuza Zero stuff. You can watch the whole entire playthrough. That's still up for y'all to check out, um, as well as my top 10 games of the year. If you haven't seen that one already, that's a, it's a banger. So, guys, it's, it's been a real windy couple of days. Windy oh, yeah. as hell. It was scary last night. As a, It was. It sounded very yeah. spooky. Yeah, we, we, it was the wind was surely whistling hardcore. Uh, any damage in your neighborhoods? Uh, my neighbor lost some shingles off of his roof, and they blew That's into my driveway. Uh, I think one, you, I think I think my car got a little scratched by. Did you one. Did you keep them? Did I keep the shingles? Yeah, they're yours now. On your property. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I gave them back to him. <laughs> uh, well, that's not too bad. Mine was quite a bit worse. I've got lots of trees down on my street. Uh, several phone lines affected. I thought the power would be out for significantly longer than it was. I don't know when exactly it went out in the night, but it was not back up until about 3 p.m. I was expecting it, yeah, like I said, to be longer just based on the, the damage. So props to the episodes folks for getting it done quick because it was pretty serious. Got most of the day off because of it. I actually couldn't even leave my house because the road was closed due to an obstruction from one of the telephone poles. So spent the morning reading some Stephen King, uh, eating dry Pop-Tarts, and, Hell yeah. you know, could have been worse, that's for sure. Um, well, anyway, even though we were dealing with this, you know, tough last couple days with the wind spring is around the corner despite it only being what 15 20 degrees today it was a very oh, it's fucking bad it's a back to a skating rink in my backyard which is kind of fun but uh i'm wondering what you guys are most looking forward to about the weather warming what you're going to be able to do in just a few short weeks oh man so many things mm -hmm. um like i i was telling anthony earlier that i'm like getting to a point again where I'm starting to get like a little bit of cabin fever, um, so I mean, I mean, but I have like a ton of summer plans. Um, I've got plans to go to Texas in June. Uh, I'm going to be going camping for a weekend in July. Um, looking forward to like uh, Burlingame in Rhode Island. Okay, I heard of that. Cool. Looking forward to uh, kayaking, doing some some backyard barbecuing. Um, having some fires again uh yeah, not all definitely. that kind of stuff yeah definitely um me personally the number one thing that comes to mind is biking which a big part of my routine over the late spring and summer last year and into the fall it's just something that i look forward to on a nearly daily basis so i just gotta get that tune up and get back on the road as well as the you know stuff like barbecues and 
outdoor hangouts and going on hikes. Uh, it's it's all sounding so so nice. What about you, Kenny? Anything in particular? Um, for me personally, just being able to get outside. Um, I'm hoping I could get some basketball in, as you guys know, especially with that warm weather. Tyler knows he gets text messages from me all the time when I'm out there playing basketball. Yeah, let's go. Gotta get those hoops back up first. Who knows when that'll well, happen? <laughs> you know, well, the I know the the Springfield hoops aren't gonna be up, but I know Chicopee and like the some some of the surrounding areas will have their hoops up in no time. I would be intimidated at this point to get back on the court. I, I know, like I I played in middle school, even a little my freshman year of high school, and I love basketball, but I don't know how I do getting up and down the court these days. We have to give me a few. <laughs> Oh uh, man, we we have people like Patty that, that's and like Kenny and, doesn't Kenny doesn't run down the court either. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get you get minimal effort from me sometimes, but I, 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 you can ask Tyler sometimes when I do run down the court. You know, oh, it's yeah, like a it's a freight train. Pretty most much, people, <laughs> most people don't wanna don't wanna jump in the way. Utilizing those uh, IRL tank control, I become a pure tank, pure pure tank. I think I have a reputation. I will. I like to think I have a reputation of being a pretty adamant defender, so I I try my best to get up and down the court, and I just really annoy people. And you know, I think I led the league in blocks when I was like twelve. So nice. you know, not nice. the biggest. Hey, <laughs> it, it, honestly, even if, if it was just to shoot around and get a half court and just to get motions and moving, that you know, we always try to get out there, have some fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't have to be five on five full court, you know, to, to yeah. have fun. I definitely yeah. spent more of my childhood playing twenty one than anything with friends. Yeah, same. Yeah, um, twenty one definitely gets intense. Tyler knows. Yeah, that's for sure. So when you play twenty one, when you take your final shot, what do you go back to if you miss it? So all depends. I, I'm 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 accustomed to the the first time the when you miss it, you go back down to eleven. 11 so yeah, yeah for me in new york it was always 13 and then i i, I 11 i started seeing in ohio a little bit and mm-hmm. i don't think i've really played it around here so i actually in new york i played it in uh in a sense where you went down to 13 and then after if you went back up again and you missed again you went down to two. Oh shit <laughs> yeah Dang. i played it that way as well mm. that's a little harsh if you ask me especially with that last shot usually being a three-pointer right well, if you think about it, when you go back down to 13, if you make it all the way up, as long as you don't hit any other extra shots, you're in odds. So you could win straight up. You know, you don't have to make a, you could go from 19 to 21 and win like that uh, without making the last shot. I can't um, remember if, if what we did was you always had to have a last shot or if you could sort of situate it in, in a way that like your extra points and your two pointer could, could get you the win. Uh, yeah, so some people some people do it with the oh, always have to have a last shot no matter what. But you know, I played I played it so many different ways. It's it's always entertaining. Doesn't matter which way to play it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, got a little chaotic when you're playing with like six or seven guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's definitely good good times. What has there ever been a recreated twenty one mode in a video game that didn't suck? Man, I'm trying to think. Um, I feel like I haven't seen it. I feel like that's such a tough thing to 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 really recreate. Yeah, Kirby Red. Yeah, rebound Kirby Red. And then if two K could figure it out, that would be fun. Crazy, just a one v five type of mode. 
Yeah, that'd be, that'd be the new. Uh, you you might be onto something. That could be the new basketball battle royale game. <laughs> it's what the industry needs. That's what those kids are playing. Listen, I'm still. I, the, the industry doesn't need to do a basketball battle royale before they do the Yu-Gi-Oh battle royale. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we need well, a Yu-Gi-Oh battle royale. We'll see which comes first. Everything's getting battle royalized, so I'm sure it'll happen someday. Drop me into Duelist Kingdom. That's all I want. That'd be sick. If anybody listening didn't know, this is a weekly video game podcast where we all get together and talk about, you guessed it, video games. If you want to join our Discord, talk about video games with us on the regular, check the description of the video below. If you'd rather listen on podcast services, you can find them up usually a day later. And if you could leave us a review, that'd be awesome. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. But let's get into it, guys, what games we've been playing. I think we should start out with Persona 5 Strikers because all three of you have dabbled in it. Tyler's... 30 hours in, Anthony's who knows how many hours in, but he's definitely into it. Um, what do you think, Tyler? Why don't you start off since Persona 5 is your personal favorite game of all time? How are you feeling about this uh, follow-up? Oh, it's great. Um, I'm really enjoying, like, it is a, a very different gameplay-wise from Persona 5, um, because you are playing in kind of a dynasty warriors type of beat em up um but there's still like a lot of elements to it that uh it doesn't seem like, I, I feel like whenever i've played like some of those beat em up games it, it often felt too easy um but i feel like with strikers they throw things at you so that you do there is still like some strategy and like like in a way it's kind of turn-based because you can summon your personas and then like everything just kind of like slows down like to, 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 oh, a, to a to a near stop um and then you're able to select what skills you want to use in order to target weaknesses and, and things like that and it tells you like what what the enemies are weak to and whatnot um but i think most of all like what i've really appreciated about this game is that it still captures just that charm and like that that pure essence of like all, all of the the characters that came out of persona 5 um the story has still been really interesting um i wasn't sure kind of where they would take it and it's introduced some new characters that have really grown on me um for example the the zenkichi character who's like the, you're not you're not sure at first whether he's a good cop bad cop kind of guy um he just has like a really interesting uh personality and i think i think he's really well voice acted as well um he just kind of like really resonated with me um i mean is overall huh is he actually a cop yeah he's a cop okay gotcha <laughs> um but i think overall i mean i'm really enjoying it i think i'm like five dungeons deep now like you said, thirty hours in, um, and there's just there's so many elements that um, I don't know. If, I know how far Anthony's got, and I'm not sure how far Kenny is at this point. Um, but even after the first dungeon, they still are introducing like some few new me mechanics and things that you can can do. Um, so it it took away kind of the the day to day um, going about your business and and things like that, and instead it kind of replaced it with you can leave a dungeon at any time you want without progressing the days forward. Uh, when you leave a dungeon, you recover all of your HP and SP. SP is a huge thing in this game, like SP management. Um, 
because in order to like get through a dungeon efficiently you really have to like target the enemy's weaknesses um which uses up sp especially early game when you don't have a whole lot of like sp recovery items you find yourself kind of like go yeah game. you find yourself going like in and out of dungeons a lot in order to recover your sp um and then there like with each city that you go to there's like shops and like certain other things that you can do and whatnot um and then later on you start to get like some other quests and objectives that you can do so does it still have that same flair when you're popping around from you know the subways to the shops and making coffee and just having that great sort of jazzy soundtrack that seems to always fit the right mood yeah i mean there's not as as much of that in this one um the way that this one plays out is you, you start off in, in, Shibuya, in Shibuya at, at LeBlanc. Um, and then you can go to like, there's like three different areas that you can go to. You can go to like that main strip where like the arcade and the Big Bang Burger is and everything. And that's where you can like buy a bunch of things. Um, once you complete the first dungeon, then you kind of go, you kind of go on a road trip across the country um, and you're visiting other cities. And so those, yeah. So those open up like other um, areas to explore, and like whole new ones. Summer vacation type of vibe, right? Yeah, exactly. It takes place in the in the summer after um, Persona Five ends, and um, yeah, it's just a big uh, big road trip and Phantom Thieves. You get you get locked up in the in the jail again. Uh, you're a prisoner of fate, and uh, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're thinking that it's a uh, worthy follow up? Is it? Is you're you're happy with it? Oh yeah, I'm happy with it. Cool. Nah, what, what's everyone else think? Yeah, it's a good game. I uh, like AMA. <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's like uh, I was talking to Tyler before the show about it. It's like Persona Five Lite. It's it's uh, it definitely feels like a sequel, but it feels like a sequel with a uh, on a platform made a little more accessible. Whereas you definitely need to know the story of persona five because it picks up pretty much right after like tyler said the true ending happens and then you kind of come back you're meeting up with everybody is how the game starts it's like oh we're all gonna get back together and it's a big reunion and then stuff happens i haven't seen you in a week mm-hmm. that's pretty much it he's like i don't want to tell you about a couple of months but it feels like it's been forever <laughs> um neat and so kenny are you you're still pretty early on or yeah, yeah I'm, st- I'm still early on. Um, actually, I played a little more. Um, almost done with the first um, palace, but the you know the Outriders demo kind of snuck up on me, and I focused all my energy on that because that was a demo I wanted to really check out. Um, prior to the game really coming out, and so I could decide whether or not I was going to pre-order and invest the sixty dollars into that. What's what's the verdict? Okay, so so why don't we transition? We're done with our Persona Five strikers. Oh, it's so Can't- good. I could talk about Kenny. it all day. Yep. <laughs> Kenny's. I just, want, I just want to play it, record it, but I'm recording the podcast with you guys instead. <laughs> Kenny's been playing Outriders, which has a free demo out now. It's published by Square Enix. Uh, it is a third-person shooter, very much in the vein of uh, The Division, is what came to my mind uh, first off when I spent a little bit of time with it. Uh, oh. Before I give my brief impressions you put some good time into it so i want to hear where you're at you're playing on the series x yes Uh, what are you thinking i'm actually very intrigued with the game um it's 
it's by developed by people can people can fly the same people that did um gears of war judgment if ah. anybody remembers that entry into the gears of war franchise um it's so the they're so they're no they're not any noobs when it comes to cover cover third person shooting you know mm-hmm. um and right right away when i started playing this game I felt as though okay, I could feel the some fluidity to the bouncing around, getting into cover, some dodge rolling, and because when it comes to a third person shooter, you want that to feel fluid, right? Right. So I was like, okay, this feels good so far. And then when it gets into the grit of the things, and you pick a class and you start messing around with the abilities, and you start getting funky with the with the playstyle, that's where it gets really interesting. Because I started off with one, I was like, oh, let me pick a character that's kind of like slightly it's not close range but it's not long range let me go with the pyromancer he's like a medium range character let me run with him at first and it was pretty good you know i was like all right you know with his fire abilities when you when you hit somebody with one of your abilities it marks them and when they die that's how he heals you know so any enemy that's been marked by one of your abilities the pyromancer kills them and he gains health from from that you know from that kill that's pretty sweet to see in a third person yeah, so like he, he has some interesting ones. Like he he'll do like a fire wave, right? So it'll just go in a linear, linear, um, you know, direction from where you're aiming, and it, whoever's get caught gets caught in it, gets damage, fire damage, and also gets marked. Um, he also does a, a pull, a fire pull, where he, it almost feels like scorpion, um, uh, where he kind of like aims at somebody, yank, like pulls in his direction. They won't fully come to them, but. They'll receive fire damage and also be, um, they'll also receive, you know, get marked. And then he has another one where he kind of sets people on fire. And be, that's, you know, early on skills, you know, none of the, there, he has more skills than just that, but he has one where he sets them on fire and they become almost like a time bomb. If they die with that ability still on them, then they explode or they do like a little fire explosion and damage the enemies around them. Okay. So, Firemancer. Pretty pretty fun at first, and I was like, okay, you know, I wasn't fully sold on the on the game yet. As playing through the Pyromancer, it was when I switched and I tried a different class. I created another character, tried out the Trickster, and this is where I had fun. This is where I felt like I was like, okay, Trickster. If we decide, if we were all all of us playing, I could see the Trickster being the character Tyler plays. Because he's a tricky one. What happened? It's because he's a tricky one. Well, it's, you know, if you want to say it like that, right? Because um, I'm a phantom thief. It... <laughs> yep. I'm a trickster. <laughs> I I'm took a trickster. In... I took into account the way he would play some uh, with that one with the melee character with the sword and um, sword pick, risk, yeah. risk of rain two. Oh, okay. Very up close and personal, getting in and out of and of his attacks. Wow. And the trickster is very fast. You could play very fast and loose. Um, so it has this spectra like this astral blade that she, that the trickster does that kind of in just the general direction slashes. You don't they don't have to really be on you, but anybody caught in it, it like starts kind of decaying their body, and then you could finish them off like that. Also gain your health back, and he does does like a nice little melee attack. So it's all about being up close and personal and getting out of out of out of situations quick with, with the trickster. So. You know, I feel as though the trickster has a nice balance of speed, can get back into cover quickly. Um, I could see somebody rolling around with a trickster and ru- running with a shotgun as one of their second secondary weapons, and just in and out, oh, close quarters, switch into the shotgun. 
shotgun somebody, keep it moving, keep running. Um, and this game is supposed to have the... I didn't try any co-op because I wasn't really playing with anybody, but it has dropping, you know, so somebody could just drop right into the middle of your mission, play play with you, and drop right out. It has no effects That's cool. to, to, to your story or anything. That looks amazing. I'm watching the footage of it now, and it looks very, very, very sharp, very polished. Yes. And it's not a games as a service, so once it drops, it's it's all its contents there, so you can finish the game. They're saying that if you just do just straight the straight up story, I think you'll be done with it in thirty hours. Um, if you do all the side missions and everything like that, add another twenty hours to it. Wow, crossplay too with everything. <laughs> yep, crossplay with everything. Even the demo was crossplay. And and the other thing is that one of my favorite things that the demo was doing is the world tiers. It reminded me a lot of Diablo, um, of the difficulty levels in Diablo. So with world tiers, you know, once you get to like the last world tier, it's like it gives every enemy like a plus 10 or plus 15 um, level difficulty. So they're that much higher than you. And you get by, better by, color gear, you get purple stuff instead of green stuff. Exactly. And then you're also equipable slots. Your max equipable, equipable level slots are also in, get increased by 10. Okay. So it does nice things like that. That's cool. Well, does the uh, uh, does demo progress, do you know, is that going to transfer over to the... All of the demo progress transfers over. That's sick. Well, and, you could, and you could create... You could literally play it and create every character and do all the missions and carry off over all four different classes over to the main game. Might have to give oh. it a whirl. Glad you liked it. I I'm playing. I still just have the Xbox One X. I only played the first, I think, hour hour fifteen minutes or so. Yep. I have to report that it is was not nearly as smooth as you're making it out to be. I thought it was pretty choppy. Um, um, there was a, definitely several times in firefights where it would just straight up freeze for one to two seconds. Um, so that turned me off a little bit. Um, on top of that, I thought that the storytelling at first was sort of jarringly, um, just the, the tone was strained. It was like they just traveled 83 miles or 83 years in space. And then they're getting off the ship like, oh, no big deal. Let's get started. <laughs> Let's get started on like, you know, colonizing this planet, which we know is perfect. And then there's that mad scientist guy who like all of a sudden just starts demanding that you be killed and it just seemed very sudden and like um yeah, the story pacing i could definitely agree at that beginning with with that prologue um it definitely had me thrown for a loop because it felt like they there was like two different pacings to it um and i was like okay um what, what's happening like <laughs> one moment i'm looking at beacon and the next moment i'm i'm almost getting killed um, right. And then there's another pretty jarring moment where it's like several months have passed, and that's like when you finally get to choose your character, your class. And I, I, I was like, actually, that's several years. I think he's been so this from that point when you get uh, yeah. um, frozen because you get cryo frozen um, because you're you get altered and all that good stuff. Um, you get unfrozen like I God knows how many years after. So you're frozen, and then you're frozen mm -hmm. again. Yep, and. It just, uh, I was like, why didn't the demo just start here? Like, I didn't really <laughs> need to see all that exposition with 
you know, the, the dialogue options and like, did your family make it out and all that stuff <laughs> that I didn't care about. Um, I did see potential in it. I, I, you know, and I know that you were really digging it. So I, I've blamed some of it on the frame rate issues I was having and, you know. Yeah, that, that definitely sucks to hear. Um, I wish they would have dropped something more polished for last gen consoles, especially if it's going to release on, on everything, you know. Maybe yeah. it was, and maybe it was a slight oversight that they just dropped kind of the same, same build for everything, and and I kept wanting to jump, and I know it's like you said it was from the gears people, and there's no jumping in gears, but I kept, you no, kept want, uh, like wanting to press a button to be able to jump, right? Yeah. yeah. So I know that that's just not the game's mo, I guess, but um, you know, I give it another shot. I just had to give my my side of it, even though it's pretty brief compared to it seems like you've put in several hours. Yeah, that's and I could and I could see that. I could see this being a game that'll run a lot more smoother on PC and the next gen consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you know, definitely at times it could feel like there's a lot happening on screen. So I could see where frame rates can drop and some freezes can happen because there is it's there is really moments where like right, there, there's like explosions happening. Your abilities are popping. Um, and I can only imagine how much more chaotic it could get on screen once you get two more party members just popping abilities all around you True. and fighting enemies. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I wonder if it has a chance at success. There's, there's a lot of games like this these days, and a lot of them get buried. So hopefully they can get some good feedback. I think it was smart of them to release this demo, even though the reactions have been pretty mixed, get them some... Uh, some feedback. Yeah, it's interesting that they're calling it a demo and not calling it an alpha or a beta. Like what, you know, what it must be a strange PR discussion behind the scenes. Like, eh, let's call it a demo. <laughs> what do we call it? Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on, I wrapped up Bowser's Fury, rolled credits on that bad boy. Uh, I think I was 27 shines in last week. Don't ask me how I remembered that, but I finished it at 50. There's a total of 100 on the map. And after you finish the last boss, uh, there's a fun little ending, and you go back to the island, and all the shines are just on your map. You can fast travel now, so they really just want you to bang it out. Um, nice. I will say, I don't think that the game was as good as I was feeling last week. I, th- I think that it's a little samey in terms of its objectives. Like, there's several times where the goal is just find the bunny with the shine, you know, chase them around. Then there's several, get all the blue coins really quickly. Then there's several, find the five things on this map. And it gets a little repetitive. Um, It doesn't have the platforming challenges that you get in the base 3D world or in all the dozens and dozens of little pipes you would go down in Odyssey. So overall, I think that it was fine like i if i was scoring it would probably be around a seven like and it's not the main reason to buy this game like 3d world stands out to me now more so than it did when it was on the wii u maybe because it's on a excellent platform like the switch and play it with the joy cons you can plug it in play it on the big screen to go it's just much more you know convenient than it was on the wii u so i've been really enjoying my time with that i'm only on like world three or something but it's just one that's nice to go back to when I want a game that I can sort of turn my brain off and just hop around, find green stars, and appreciate the Nintendo goodness. Um, 
There you go. In addition to that, um, I picked up the latest in the roguelite genre that is taking some people by storm. It is called Curse of the Dead Gods. It is a $20 game. It's got a visual style that is akin to Darkest Dungeon, if you're familiar with that. Sort of cel-shaded, 3D um, perspective is isometric, just like Hades. And just like Hades, this is a game about going from room to room, defeating enemies, and upgrading as you go. So uh, the game clearly must have been in development for a long time before Hades released. I mean, it's it's also quite polished and impressive. Um, however, unlike Hades, the game has uh, no voice acting or story to speak of. I mean, th there there is lore in the enemy descriptions in the bestiary or whatever. Um, but it seems very drop you in, pick your upgrades, pick your weapons, go. And uh, what's neat is that the game has a ton of weapons. Like there are dozens of them. There's different types. There's claws, there's whips, there's swords, there's shields, there's big hammers, there's axes, I believe, there's bow and arrows, there's pistols. And you start each run with two of them. And it's sort of randomly assigned which two you're going to get. As you're going throughout your run, you can um, change up either with random drops or through little upgrade stations. Uh, when you move from room to room, uh, imagine the progression from Slay the Spire, where you can see what's on the left, what's on the right, what's straight up. And you can sort of plan out your route that way. So that's one of the interesting mechanics. Um, Another change from others in the genre is that you are cursed the further you get in the run. So you sort of have to manage your, uh, you have to do a little bit of deciding whether or not you want to go this route. It might make you a little bit more powerful. You might heal yourself a little bit more, but you're going to increase your curse. And once you get to a certain point, your curse becomes a real problem because your health will drain to one HP like pretty fast. So you, you really do not want to get that final curse. Um, you're allowed to have four before you get to that point, and they, they can be pretty interesting as far as how they affect the gameplay to pretty rote, like, you know, traps will do more damage, or uh, fire gargoyles will automatically spawn when you're close to them. And one thing I will say, like, you know how Hades has traps all over the place? Mm -hmm. has, the traps are worse here. Like, they are... That sucks. It it's it sucks, sort of, but it's not so bad because you can also turn them against the enemies. There's some strategy there. There's mm -hmm. some things you can pick up that, you know, that they'll do 100% more damage to enemies if you, uh, you know, that are affected by the environment. And, you know, it, it hasn't been, like, any... Uh, end running uh, hmm. moments where I'm like falling into a pit, so it's not too bad. That's good. So it's not like impossible or too annoying. No, like the game is challenging so far, and I know it's going to get more and more challenging. But another interesting thing about the structure so, um, you know, usual typical roguelite or roguelike, you're going to need to start from scratch every time you finish a run. Sure, you might get some permanent upgrades. Uh, what this game does, and I think it's neat, a, a way of sort of giving you some uh, feelings of satisfaction and victory is that uh, there's three 
maps right when the game starts. Once you get to the end of it, you fight the boss, and if you win, your run's over. It says new record, um, you know, 10 minutes, this many dead. It's got a lot of great stat tracking. And uh, so then you'll need to do the same with the second one. And then once you beat that second boss, uh, it opens up the second floor, and then you start your run at the beginning, but you can get two bosses far. So okay. <laughs> it's it's a neat way to sort of make you feel like you're winning, even though you're still not quite getting to the, the, the end. Like So for me right now, what I've done is I've beaten the first level of each of the paths. Um, and let's see, what else can I say about the game? Uh, it's got, it's much more deliberate and um, stamina, or not, yeah, stamina focused than Hades. You know, in Hades, you can just be going buck wild and nonstop slashing and spinning. And it really is, there's much more enemies on screen. This one, it wants you to be a little bit more methodical. Uh, there's parrying and there's, you know, uh, the stamina that you really need to watch out for, which, you know, it'll, you just wait two seconds or one and a half seconds and it'll start going back up. But when you're in the thick of it with enemies and you want to just get another couple slashes in and you can't, it's really something that you need to think about. Um, and so I'm really enjoying my time with it. Like, I, I think this the combat feels really satisfying, especially when you get in a good rhythm. I think visually it's pretty cool. It is very dark. You know, you're kind of walking around with a torch trying to illuminate places so you can see enemies better and take a little bit less damage, which is one of its consistent mechanics. Um, I'd, I'd recommend it if people are into this type of game. So, okay. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned it, and it. I looked it up, and it sounded pretty good, and I watched some reviews and things like that, and definitely looks up our alley for those, anybody anybody who's played Hades. Um, I, I'll probably give it a whirl. Yeah, you can. I got it on PlayStation. So. Oh, sick! <laughs> um so let's see what else 13 sentinels i'm still plugging away with that um 20 hours in now enjoying the story finally getting into the twists and turns that i've been waiting for um it only still, gets better I, I i know i can tell it's only going to get better like it's really getting interesting and that that twist that i mentioned in the discord was really just sort of the first oh type of moment for me <laughs> yeah um, so many so, of those yeah there's still something that i wanted to say about curse of the dead gods that i'm not <laughs> remembering uh it's gonna have to wait till next week um so topic of the show this week we had a sony state of play and we had a pokemon direct and i know it's been a few days just like it was when we talked about the direct last week but that's okay it was our blizzcon but i thought it was important enough to our interests that we should cover it um hell yeah what do you think of the state of play tyler you, you you said in the chat that you thought it was a solid show i thought it was a good show um there was definitely i mean they showcased some some games that we have already i feel like seen a good amount of um it was nice to see some like actual gameplay footage of Returnal, because um, I know that's that's one game in particular that I'm excited about. Um, other games that I feel like we've already heard a lot of a lot about that they showcased was was Oddworld Soulstorm. I know they went like a little bit deeper than what we've seen, but 
Um, I mean, just in general, that that's one game I'm not, I'm not interested in. <laughs> but it's free, free on PlayStation Plus. Oh, it's going to be. Yeah, which I um, thought was very cool. So you got to cool. at least give it a whirl. Uh, and then like Death Loop, I feel like that's been like advertised to death at this point. It has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that you know people were going in as they always do, hoping for that Elven Ring, hoping for that Bloodborne Two, hoping for that Horizon release date, and we didn't get any of that big Megaton type stuff. Um, but I think looking back, lowering my expectations a little bit, I was thought it was pretty good. Like as far as a February out of the blue state of play, it was a, a nice update on a few things. Um. Penny, was there anything that you that stood out to you, or did you think it was lackluster? No, I think it was good. Um, you know, like like you guys said, it was a lot of stuff that we already seen. Um, it was good to just see some additional footage to some of these games. But you know, it's it's Sony. It's a bunch of good games that we're already expecting. So, you know, what do we think about the sort of format of the state of play and and just, like it's sort of very I don't know they don't feel as authentic to me as the Nintendo directs I really like that they I don't know they seem so sincere in the directs and in the state of play they, they just sort of feels a little phoned in to me yeah it's like a knockoff they're trying to be a Nintendo direct but they didn't want to put in as much effort mm-hmm. like just the narration and I do like that they give the develop like some of them are were better than others like uh when we heard from one of the the devs at uh the Hyperlight Drifter developer, I'm forgetting their name right now, but their follow-up to Solar Ash, I mean, to, to Hyperlight Dif- Drifter called Solar Ash, looks really cool. That was mm-hmm. one that I, I revisited and watched a second time. It's sort of a 3D platformer with a big emphasis on movement and fluidity, and that's always been the, the type of game in my mind that I've always wanted to make, like a sort of a just spider-man type of thing where you're able to just jet across large distances and it looks cool and so i'm hoping that that ends up being as good as it looks um any of you guys play hyperlight drifter no i looked at it though a couple times it looks really sweet i'd like to do that at one point i always i always get hyperlight drifter and some other some other game confused um is hyperlight drifter the one where it's like mainly like boss battles and oh no, you're thinking of uh, uh what was it, Rise, Raise? Oh, Fury. No, Fury. Oh, that's oh, what that I'm thinking game. of. Yeah, I don't know why I was getting this confused. God damn, that game was hard. Never beat that level seven boss. Bullshit. <laughs> no thanks. You got through it, right, Tyler? Yeah, I finished it. Asshole. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was a good. That was a great game. Although it had that snarky difficulty choosing option at the beginning it was like it's tough but fair if you want to play the game how it should be played this is what you pick bitch (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no the hyperlight drifter is the uh top down neon color palette uh sort of minimalist um like 16 bit almost you're the blue guy with the sword yeah more more akin to like a really stylish this sounds bad but like flash games 
I don't know that I, it's hard to describe. Maybe maybe sixteen bit is right. It, it's like modern sixteen bit, uh, whatever that means. But uh, I picked up the physical edition because I liked it so much, and still have that. Uh, one of the few like limited run games I know Anthony loves that I had to have on the shelf. So looking forward to that one. Um, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. I think that one caught a lot of people off guard, and yeah. with how pretty it looked and how it looks really um, good yeah like it's uh coming i think in august mm-hmm. if, uh, that and tyler put it up on his fantasy critic right right away so good on him i definitely think it's gonna get above the 75 with, with the way it's looking i do think it's a little interesting that it's not a full price game i think it's gonna be 50 on ps5 40 on ps4 does that make you think that this might be like a little four to six hour game or Possibly. I mean, I feel like we've had games that kind of like fit that same same description. Where, I mean, this is it's coming out from a from an indie developer that isn't. Are like are they that known? I can't remember the name of them now. Um, I was gonna put that in the outline because I was so curious. I think it's their first game. Mm-hmm. Um, could be wrong about that. Ember um, Lab. Yeah. Yep. Ember Lab, and I'm not seeing. Nope, we lost Anthony. Oh, lost Anthony. Bummer. Dang it! I was about to ask him about Pokemon. Hopefully, he'll be back shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in addition to that, what else do we get to look at at this state of play? We got a first look at Saifu, the follow-up to Absolver, which is that kung fu game, very detailed with its move sets. Looks like sort of intimidating to get into, but very cool trailer. I don't know. Looked like something I would give a shot. Yeah, it definitely looked interesting. Um, I, I was curious as to like what the gameplay mechanics would actually be. Um, like, because it just seemed like you're just punching a whole bunch of people and going through these different areas. <laughs> um, yeah, you know that Absolver to me was one that always intimidated me, and I think it is on Game Pass now. Is that right, Kenny? Yes, it is. It is on Game Pass. I wonder if there's still an active community there. It seems sort of... I don't know why. I should I should have given it a shot. I just... just too I, much tr- I tried Absolver and I was completely lost in it, so... Really? Just too yeah. complicated? Uh, I think I was just... It was just the time of night and I was just kind of exhausted and I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not giving myself a shot to, to learn how to play this game. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so in addition to that... Like I said, we saw Deathloop again. Still looks good. Got its own theme song, which was kind of neat in the trailer. Reminded me of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And I think those were the big ones that stood out to me. I mean, we didn't get the big stuff, but there's this Elden Ring trailer. Why don't we discuss that real briefly? Did you guys check (laughs) this out yet? There's been lots of... It's like a six-second little thing. There's much more than that now. There, people oh, have there's there? something about 66 to 77 seconds of footage available now. Oh. Um, people have done a good job of editing it and upscaling it, making it look <laughs> halfway decent. It's definitely a Souls-like game. You got your dodge rolls. You got your having to be careful walking on platforms. You got your big da- dragons. Does look open world. There are horses. Looks maybe a little brighter color color palette wise than Dark Souls okay. Bloodborne. I am 
super stoked for it. I know we're going to get the official look at that trailer soon. Sorry, it took probably a little bit of wind out of their sails over from software with this leak, but I'm sure it'll still blow people away once we finally get a look at it because shit, it looks you guys should check it out. It's there's more of it out now. Or if you just want to wait for the real thing, I think that's a good way to go as well. Yeah, I'll look for it. Now, bad timing for Anthony to be gone because the next <laughs> thing we're going to talk about is the Pokemon Direct, which was a couple days after. Uh, we're missing our Pokemon this- aficionado. I know. Right. <laughs> um, why don't we have an interlude? Maybe he'll be back before then. What, what's y'all's dinner plans for tonight? Uh, some cauliflower casserole type of thing. Oof. Sounds delightful. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> I, try, I tried to make that one time, and that was disgusting. Maybe I did it wrong. <laughs> I mean, you know what it was? It was just that I didn't drain enough of the, enough of the water that the cauliflower let, let loose. Uh, and that has such a strong flavor to it. I made some pretty decent cauliflower the other night just as a side dish. I just put a bunch of seasonings on it, roasted it at 425, threw some oil, um, coated it in oil. It came out nice and charred and flavorful. Uh, nice. And tonight, I think we're just going to do leftovers. My roommate made some delicious cassoulet the other night. We still have some leftover, which is like a French. Nice. How was your, uh, how was your Japanese... Hamburg that you made. Japanese Hamburg from last night. Pretty good. Pretty good. So in 13 Sentinels, one of the characters' favorite meals is Hamburg steak. And so I Googled what is Hamburg steak, you know, in a Japanese culture. And it's a big thing there. It's like it seems like a staple of home cooking. <laughs> and what it essentially was was very similar to meatloaf, except for had some tofu in it, some oyster sauce. Uh still had breadcrumbs couple other seasonings and then after you got the meats meatloafs little sort of oval shaped burgers seared on both sides you want to steam them in some red wine for a few minutes and then take the patties out make a sauce with some ketchup oyster sauce and worcestershire stir that around get the patties back in coat them it was good uh but anthony we were just talking about how unfortunate it was that you cut out when we were about to transition from the Sony State of Play to the Pokemon Direct, which caught a lot of people by surprise. I don't think you're more tuned into that community than I am. This was yeah. this a happy surprise. It was good. Yeah. I mean, I totally. Uh, I think I caught it a little late. Not. I was. I was sad. I was doing some side work, and it was like I think I had just like finished airing, so I caught uh, the YouTube video for it, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, like I saw in the outline you put it, like it definitely gave me goosebumps to see like when they were uh, announcing, like they went through their whole like the it's the twenty five or twenty fifth year anniversary, mm-hmm. um, so it went through like all of you know Pokemon's release, all every game kind of going up. And it was a cool little way they presented that was like, oh, uh, I thought they would say like well the name done. of the what was that? Sorry, very well done. Like the first five yeah. minutes of the direct are just a look back starting in nineteen ninety six with you know red and green and then you see how it evolves and um there's like stadium yellow and just the great cuts of conventions from 15 years ago and (laughs) the link cables yeah the animes that it kept going hearkening back to like yeah they're still making episodes i guess (laughs) yeah exactly it was funny i was like oh yeah they're still going um it was good yeah i liked it was neat to see that they're you know doing uh not one but two 
you know, new games coming out. They got their mainline, uh, the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Uh, it's like well, Shining. What was it? Shining. Um, Shining Pearl, Brilliant, Brilliant Diamond. Brilliant Is Diamond, it? yeah. Okay. Yep. So these are remakes of the Generation 4. I think they were released on the DS in 2006. Um, yep. And I don't know. Where are these held in regards to, like, where do you rank these as far as mainline Pokemon games? For me personally, I was never really, I didn't like uh, Diamond really. I get bored with it. Like, even like when I was younger, I think I played it my freshman year in high school is when it yeah. came out when I got it. And I just, I mean, I played the first, like, I didn't even know the Pokemon game came out. Because that's kind of like when I first got back into playing Pokemon, as I had just like fallen out after Ruby and Sapphire. And then years went by and I didn't, like think about Pokemon for a bit. And then I think I was remember I was at like a BJ's with my mom right after we had moved uh, to Connecticut and I was in like the electronics aisle and I looked over and it was like Pokemon Diamond for the DS. I was like, oh my God, is this real? I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, when did a new Pokemon come out? And, so, yeah. Yeah. These tend to tend to drop off of mine. The same thing, the, the Diamond and Pearl tend to be in like the middle of the pack, not too mm-hmm. high, not too low. You know, they don't I, really... I, I never played them. I fell off Whoa. after Gen 3. I think that's yeah. where it hit a lot of people. Like it, those games came out when people were like, "Oh, Pokemon's dumb." Like, "Oh, it's for kids." Like when you're at that point in your life, and now, you know, you get over that little hump, and you're like, "Yeah, fuck that, love Pokemon." Yeah. And and it re- and it really didn't bump back up until black and black and white. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's how I feel. Or at least that... Heart Gold, Soul Silver. So yeah. it's interesting that they decided to go this route with the these remakes, which, you know, they're certainly look better. It's like a chibi art style. Yeah. It's, it's not quite the level of it's not an act they don't look like um sword and shield mm-hmm. but uh certainly an upgrade and i think the reason that they are choosing to do this i i suppose because i guess why not they've already remade the first three gens so i guess that just makes sense in that sense um, yeah to switch it up and do so that's the only thing i could think of is them to do something different rather than have a like a more polished like omega ruby alpha sapphire kind of remake style for the ds because that was the you know still kind of sprite based and i liked how they kind of it was still like chibi like smaller characters but it was still you know they had enough detail to make it look nice and polished even uh let's go pikachu and eevee i liked the way that they redid those right. those character models and this still kind of looks a little for me personally look i'm not like opposed to it but the way they went about like choosing the style i mean i'm sure once it gets closer to release too it'll be i'm interested to see how it'll you know look overall that is the first time that I actually realized, though, that they've made Fire Leaf or Fire Red and Leaf Green, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, Ruby Sapphire, right? And mm-hmm. what was the other one? Or uh, something Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Sapphire. Yeah, so, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, and then uh, these are the Diamond Pro. Yeah, so yeah, they've so done it them, so. yeah, they're they're it's chronologically the next ones to be remade. So yep. But additionally to that, I think more exciting, which is what they ended or was the final announcement of the show, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Arceus. (laughs) Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is a prequel to, what is it, the Lentil region? It's the, what the fuck? Is it Sinnoh? Sinnoh, yeah. 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 Lentil is um, Snap, is what you think. So I remember it was like a soup. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's totally what I was thinking. Cause, I yeah, because I was like, wait, I was like, soup? I was like, oh, that's right. We'll talk about Snap after this, but um, Arceus, Pokemon Legends Arceus, it's like an open world. You're trying to f- find Pokemon in their natural environments, 
Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, hyping it up as the next big thing in the Pokemon evolution. You know, it's really shaking up the, you know, they're doing what people have been clamoring for for years now, which is a true yep. open world exploring the next big thing. So what did you think of this this trailer that we saw? Anthony? Amazing. It's got a lot of promise. It got me really excited. I mean, of course, it's like, it's probably, it's a pre-alpha build. I saw a lot of people freaking out about like the frame rate and how things kind of look a little janky, but it's like, it's, you know, it's not coming out till like 2022. So True. they've got a lot of time still to polish that up, but I'm sure they will. I hope so. I mean, I, I would agree that that was something that stuck out to me. It was like, ooh. Looks a little rough. The open world looks a little empty. Love mm-hmm. the concept. Yeah. Um, but it has a lot to prove. But I think it's very cool that it's that's happening. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's got a lot of potential. I'm super super excited. But especially have this kind of like different take on it, where it's more so you, rather than going and like running in the tall grass, going to a random battle. The transition is just almost seamless. Where it's like, oh shit, there's a Pokemon I want. Kind of crouching down, pulling out your Pokeball without even having to like. They give you the option without even having to battle it. Whether you know you're like your guy and just throwing a ball and see if you make it, you can get it that way. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Question is, is how might they incorporate a multiplayer into this type of game? Ooh, same way as the other yeah. one. You're still going to be catching Pokemon and mm-hmm. training them, and it's just sort of a little. Bit same more. way as the wild area. That's what I was kind of uh, thinking. Yeah, because I think like that probably be the easiest way to do it, depending. But or maybe they would just have their own rooms. Like you could set up, like oh, this is like you know, host a game or whatever. Like right. let people jump into yours. And so, speaking of the wild area, some of the things they touched on earlier in the direct was current events happening with giant Pikachu raid battles and stuff like that. Is any of that tickling your fancy? Or oh that... shit! I totally forgot about that. I gotta log on and see. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. You're welcome for the reminder. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was like, wait, I should probably jump back in and check out the wild area. Yeah, so lots of stuff happening. Pokemon 25th anniversary. It's crazy. Lots of ish. And what else did we get a look at? Oh, yeah, new Pokemon Snap. That was something that let off the show. Not quite as exciting as mainline titles to us hardcore gamers. But uh, that was a joke. I thought it looked looked pretty cute. What did you think? It does. It surprised me. It it made me, uh, you know, kind of want to buy it. I, I. for a Pokemon game, I'm usually all about it, but like I was just like, ah, you know, I like I like original Snap a lot. It's got a lot of nostalgia, but it's one of those games you can sit down and beat in like one sitting. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's 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 neat that you're trying to like catch them doing unique behaviors. The fact that you can edit the video or edit the the photos pretty in depth and share them on your social medias. Yeah, virtual Pokemon social media. Yeah, you know, I I thought that. Overall, is this one that I'm day one going to rush out and buy? No. Is it one that I might buy my wife as a present and then play myself, maybe? <laughs> Hell yeah, that's hey. the one. Do that one. Smart. Um, hey, babe, I, I got you a gift. Yeah, but it definitely looked like a, a good, cute time. And it intrigued me more than I than I expected it to. Is someone that, you know, Pokemon Snap, fun, fun novelty, great weekend rental back in oh, the... Yeah early 2000s whenever it came out mm-hmm. yep um yeah it's it's weird that it might have a like not weird but it's cool that they've got they're actually like putting a little story because there's like characters in it now mm-hmm. so that'll be cool to see how that plays out true um so one last pokemon bit of talk i got reminded about the pokemon shirts and now they're doing pokemon masks 
which are like official Nintendo products, but seem really sort of high end and got very cool designs. And you guys ever considered splurging and buying yourself a nice Pokemon? They're cool, but not like $120 cool. <laughs> uh, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> I wish. I'll just make my own at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if people don't know and are interested and have a few extra bucks and are Pokemon fans, Google the Pokemon official shirts. You can go pretty hard as far as customization. I think you can choose from all 151. Dang. and They give you a lot of options. It's nice and they look good, but it's... You can be shirts or button-up or... I forget what the third style is. But, yeah, it's... Uh, surprising surprising nintendo went for that but mm. i guess there's a market for it because they continue to make them and they get the masks now too they'll buy them all right fellers what else we got or is that about it for episode 93 93 holy moly uh, Start yeah, away from 100 yeah we got to figure out what we're doing we got we're, we're doing something cool we, even if we have to skip 99 do 101 and go back it's not it's not gonna be a regular humdrum episode yeah we'll, f- we'll yeah. figure something to get out with you know for the war against the war who cares 100 episodes yep. and even more if you would consider you know the mess ups and the episode zeros and what oh yeah but officially this is officially the end of episode 93 if you're watching or listening thank you so much we will be back next week same time same place and until then, remember that's all, folks. <laughs> and stay Bye. Bye.